Hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving and welcome back to Doctors Who Create. I'm your host today, Darlena Liu, and as you may have noticed, we've been on a bit of a hiatus here at Doctors Who Create, and we are currently in the process of restructuring and we'll be bringing back our regularly scheduled monthly programming in spring of 2023. So as we've been reimagining our podcast, we had an opportunity to sit down with the team behind the Reimagining Medicine Festival, which is sponsored by the American Medical Women's Association, Dance Medicine and Theater Task Force, and the Asim Kala Initiative. And this is a really exciting multimedia festival hosted annually by medical students featuring content created by patients, community members, and clinicians. And their goal is to create art-based dialogues on equity in medicine and to advance justice and advocacy through the humanities. I had the pleasure of meeting with some of the task force members who are working hard to put this festival together. This year's festival, hosted by Wild Cornell Medicine, has a theme of metamorphosis, with a hybrid model of in-person and virtual events. In years past, the first Reimagining Medicine Festival hosted at Dartmouth was centered around addressing racism and racial equity in medicine. Last year's festival hosted by the University of Kentucky was focused on addressing mental health and recovery from COVID-19. In today's episode, you'll learn a little bit more about how this festival came to be, what it's like putting together a festival of this magnitude, and also what you can expect if you tune into this year's Reimagining Medicine Festival, launching at the end of November 2022. Hi, everybody. My name is Kate Cox. I'm a, currently a third-year medical student at the University of Kentucky College of Medicine. I'm from Central Kentucky and still here, and uh, I got really into the arts um, from a strong background in, in dance and going to an art school growing up. So that's how I've been sort of keeping it all together and I still dance now. Hi guys, I'm at the Sam Houston College Osteopathic Medicine um, and I'm a second year medical student. I've been dancing for maybe since I was like maybe like six years old. I learned Bharatanatyam dance, which is a type of Indian classical dance. I'm also a co-chair right now for the uh, American Medical Women's Association Dance Theater and Medicine Task Force. Hi, my name is Andrea Sampson. I'm a working professional on the pre-med track and the other co-lead for the AMWA Dance and Theater Task Force. Um, My background has been dance as well. Um, From a relatively young age, I started in ballet and then I ended up in Latin dance. And I've just continued ever since. And my role along with Jasmine is to essentially advertise this festival and assist in any way that we can for this year's event, which will be hosted at Cornell. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophia. I'm currently a second year med student at Wild Cornell, and I was a participant in the festival last year. And this year I am hosting it at my medical school. I've been dancing since I was five, both ballet and Indian classical dance. And I met Shilpa through being part of Asinkala Initiatives, which is um, a group of Indian dancers slash medical students and practitioners that really aligns with all of the themes of this festival as well. 
So as a participant of last year's festival, what was that like? I thought it was really cool to see so many people interested in what I thought was something that's really underexplored, which is the relationship specifically between the performing arts and medicine. So it was really wonderful to hear the speakers in their panel discussions and to see the other um, artists work as well. As a virtual festival, can you maybe orient our listeners to what that format is like to experience? I could probably tell you a bit more about what it's looked like the past couple of years. I guess I didn't mention earlier. So I brought um, the festival to my school the past year for its second iteration. It initially started Shilpa started it at Dartmouth during her ob residency, and I found out about it through AMWA, um, so that's sort of how all of these dots connect, and she said, hey, does anybody else want to bring this to their institution, and things were still very COVID-y, like when she started it, we were full-on lockdown COVID, and so she was just trying to, you know, trying to help people connect, and also, you know, there was also a lot of social justice um, movements and, and ideas going around. And so initially it was used as a way to sort of, how can we reimagine medicine with all of these things that are going on and how can art be used as a vehicle for that? And so then we just sort of chose a different theme here, looking at COVID-19 and mental health, using art as a way to examine that and reimagine medicine, talk about the things that have been going on for all of us. And so for a virtual format, what it's looked like in the past is there's been Artists um, can submit videos either of any type of artwork, you know, maybe it's a visual art piece and the artist is explaining their work or it's a dance piece or it's a music piece and those are recorded um, or it's someone reading poetry or, you know, the, the, the possibilities are endless based on what type of art you're wanting to do, but some kind of video format that was submitted related to what the theme was um, and reimagining medicine. Um, those were curated, artists were chosen that that was turned into a YouTube playlist that was released a week or so before the festival itself, which had speakers at each of the institutions. At the time, it was done on Zoom. And then by the end of the week, everyone has seen these speakers present on different um, topics within the theme and reimagining medicine. And then there's sort of a roundtable discussion at the end where people can discuss the artwork that's been up for the past week and sort of reflect on what the speakers have talked about all week long. Um, so that's how it's been the last couple of years. But, you know, we're trying to not do have to do everything Zoom again, you know, as it is, but also still record things so that these things can be seen nationally. I love hearing that origin story and how during a time of lockdown and quarantine and isolation, there's this ability to connect and reach out and build this community, even in this online space. What are you hoping for the conference this year, um, bringing more of those elements away from the virtual world? So because we wanted to aim to have at least part of it in person this year, um, and with some of the COVID regulations that are still going on, we thought it would be easier to just make it a one-time, a one-day event for a couple of hours. So right now we're still in the process of finalizing speakers, but um, we'll have a variety of doctors slash um, residents who are also practicing an art form on the side. It's being a little difficult to find performing art, but definitely like visual art, um, poetry writing has been easier to find. So the theme is metamorphosis. So they're gonna be asked to give an in-person discussion, presentation, whatever they really want to do on their 
life's work, how they've combined their art and their medical practice that they have and somehow tied to the theme. And then because we wanted to keep the, the video submission more global and not have to limit it to just people who are able to come to my school, which is New York City in person, we wanted to keep that part virtual. So our thought is to have applications open to everyone, just like it's been happening the last two years. And then the winners will be presented on a screen for the audience that is in person. And then the whole event would be recorded and hopefully made available to anyone who wants to live stream it or watch it after. And in terms of performing arts, it seems like dance is a core part of the festival, given just like the participants who are on the planning committee. And it seems like there's a fusion of dance. I think dance is inherently community driven. It's so meant to be shared and to do with others. Obviously you can do all these things by yourself, but I, I really think, especially that origin of starting during COVID, it really was, you know, a lot of that was taken away and you, know, you can't go to classes in person anymore. You can't go out and meet new people as you're do doing these classes. You can't go see live performances anymore. And at least for me, there's this big like need to connect and move forward. Yeah. And Andrea, you mentioned uh, you had some professional dance experience. So I started when I was really young doing ballet, and then I transitioned into Latin dance when I was in college. So specifically salsa, bachata, and more recently, kizomba, which is actually a dance from Angola. Um, so I've gotten a little bit into kind of Afro-Latin dance as of late. But yeah, it's, it's very much a community activity, um, as is medicine. We always talk about collaboration. And what would dance, what would theater be without collaboration, right? That's kind of um, when we talk about the intersection of arts and medicine, there's many similarities um, professionally involved in that as well. And this festival uh, is intended to highlight the intersection between arts and medicine and bring a new theme forward to kind of, as the title says, reimagine medicine. So it's to present a vision um, each year based around a theme um, and, and really promote kind of different perspectives in medicine and arts. How has being on the leadership team changed your perspectives about reimagining medicine or are there new ideas or or thoughts that have come out of even participating in the process? That's a great question. Um, I think conceptually the ideas are very much the same, but I think the logistics behind it um, has been something that my eye, I've been opened up to um, and kind of the planning involved, which um, like Kate has mentioned a little bit earlier, this is the third festival, right? So the first one was held at Dartmouth, the second one, University of Kentucky, and now the third at Cornell this year. Um, and so each year it's held in these different locations and we really do want whoever is hosting it at that school to provide their vision um, because it is their opportunity to showcase what they want to bring to medicine. Um, of course, incorporating the arts. So... I think the logistics are really, to answer your question, something I'm more opened up to and, and kind of how all of this comes together in a way that 
is unique to the school and the person who is bringing it to their school, but also in a way that it can be opened up to a larger community. We do record all of these sessions. Um, I believe we also have a YouTube channel, uh, et cetera. So these are all ways to get community involvement beyond the institution that it's held at. And that's something we really look forward to seeing. Who are you finding are the attendees for these festivals? Are they people in medicine, outside of medicine, creatives? And what has the response been so far? From our end, from the festival last year, it, you know, it was participants in AMA. It was um, medical students at the university. It was artists in the area who had submitted um, pieces and told friends and family about it. Um, we're still hoping to grow a whole lot more because, you know, it's still very new. It's still very young and um, trying to get the word out there as, most, as best as we can. So in order to get involved and bring it into your institution, we're always open to expanding this. Um, you're welcome to email the Dance Theater and Medicine Task Force. Um, and I can provide that email momentarily. Sophia can speak more to um, specifically how to plan it at your organization. It really is wonderful because it's a very flexible sort of amorphous entity that we are each taking and shaping into what makes sense for our vision and for our community. So like we discussed the differences between being completely virtual and now being a hybrid, it's kind of exciting because our organization gives a lot of flexibility and scope for you to bring your vision to life. So that's what I'm finding exciting and also a little challenging because there isn't necessarily a cookie cutter script to follow. And I think it's really young, right? This is the third year. So it'll be nice to see how it evolves and how future people will take it on and how, what it'll transform into. And in terms of applications, I know we have a form that we have created. So if you have questions regarding the festival, hosting it at your institution or otherwise, we have a general Reimagining Medicine Festival email. That's reimagining.medicine.fest at gmail.com. Once you send an email there, the form can be sent out um, for you to submit your video or your contribution to this festival if you want to submit anything towards it. And then the logistics is the festival open to anybody to attend. So for the in-person component, I it would be in New York City. So whoever would be able to travel there and then otherwise it'll be live streamed and or available after as video and anyone can apply for the, the competition component. It is open to anyone to watch these recordings. Um, there is the YouTube channel for me, Reimagining Medicine, and there's also a web page. So you don't have to be in medicine to check this out. Um, of course, attending live would require you to go to New York City. Um, but all of these things are on the web. You are welcome to check it out, even if you're not a medical professional. The web page is just reimaginingmedicinefestival.org. How has it evolved over the years? Different themes you mentioned. One of the other things that we started last year, because I, I know there's a lot of discussion out there about, you know, people saying, oh, we're going to pay artists in exposure. And I hate that. I cannot stand that because art is work and people should be paid for the work that they do and they submit. And so last year we applied for and received a grant and were able to pay the artists. Um, and I believe we do, we have another grant this year as well. Um, 
And so that's something I'm really proud to see start to happen because it just, I just can't stand it when people aren't reimbursed for their work because it, it you know, even though we love it, it is still work and people should be compensated for that. I think I'm just really excited to see how more and more people bring arts to medicine and medicine to arts. It, it, it can look at so many different ways. And that's one of the things that doing this festival and, you know, the more I've looked online and, and, and around is, and that, that I've learned is how, how vast and how different that can all look. Um, like at our festival last year, we had um, one person who was an one of my anatomy professors who in some of her other classes, like made a point to have art assignments part of the undergraduate, her undergraduate course that she taught. Um, and that was so neat to see she had examples of what the students had made. You know, that's one example. But then another example was a practicing physician who just happened to paint and and, and took it up after a significant event in his life um, and how he's continued to do that. He's donated paintings to that are actually around the hospital because we have a big arts and healthcare program here at the hospital. And, you know, that's another way it can look. Or one of our other speakers, um, it runs the narrative medicine program at the cancer center here and is really, really institution, really important in making that happen. And also brought an entirely other perspective and more of the healing side of, um, for patients with, with art. And, um, so I'm just so excited to see all these different ways that everything sort of comes together because, you know, you can have art about medicine, medicine about art, and, you know, how does that, how does that influence us? How does that change us? And, and what, conversations can it bring up and how can it bring us together? Speaking the same language here. I feel like that's what it got me excited about Dr. Sucre and this podcast because I have the opportunity to meet all these creatives in medicine through this. So I totally can feel everything that you're saying and the kind of that dual nature of art to heal ourselves and also to heal others. I think in this group, we have people in all different stages of training. And I think that's something that I've tried to keep in mind when I was in medical school and now in residency, keep keeping my own creative spirit alive. And that's been really restorative for me as I go through medical training. Andrea and I, since we're part of the AMWA Dance Theater Medicine Task Force, like it's really amazing how like we can collaborate. Um, all of us can collaborate together to make this festival um, happen. Uh, it's really great that Kate and Sophia have done it at their institutions. And I really hope that in the future it continues. Um, at other institutions as well, because I think that, you know, it's really important for us to be able to uh, look at how art, any type of art can be very influential in medicine and try to see like how they intersect, because that's really important to consider. Um, I think that's something that we want to do, uh, that we want to focus on um, in the future. And I think it's really great that we're having this continue on. I'm really excited for this year's festival. Any teasers for this year's festival? Any performances or art that people should be on the lookout for? Or is it top secret? I think it'll be a surprise. I'm super excited to be checking out the festival this year in November and excited to see what future iterations, what the metamorphosis of reimagining medicine is in the coming years and to see how this festival changes over time at other institutions. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Doctors Who Create. If you want to check out the Reimagining Medicine Festival, check out their YouTube channel next week to view selected performances, which are shared globally for all to view. As for Doctors Who Create, we're excited to see you again in spring of 2023 
with a whole host of exciting new episodes about creativity in medicine. Until then. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at doctorswhocreate at gmail.com. Or tweet us at doctorscreate. Or check out our website, doctorswhocreate.com, to listen to our podcast episodes and also to check out other articles and profiles of physicians who are creative. Intro music brought to you by the band Night Float.